All right, all right. This Madre podcast number 122. Welcome, everybody, for another episode. We have an illustrious guest here from uh, what he says, uh, you know, south, 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 south of the border. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) South of the couple of borders, right? Three borders. Uh, (laughs) uh, Today we have Jose, comedian and digital content creator. What's going on? Hello. Doing all right? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Where You're in LA, right? Where are you joining us from? I am uh, Los Angeles, California. Got it. Is there I'm like a, a secret place? location in Los Angeles, California? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I see your background there. You got a nice set there, dude. You, you have like a digital like content creator set up at your pad or? You know, so yeah, so this, uh, I have like a studio. Um, we build that, I, I, we do the Carlos de Chronicles from here. Okay. And so it's, it's at my house. So we just kind of built out a, a studio. It's it's built like a Tonight Show set. So we have a desk and then we have a chair. We have the mics. It's nice. a whole setup. We have lights. We have cameras. That's the whole cool. shebang. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's nice to have like a space to do that in. I mean, half the time you see these folks and they're like in the living room or, or you know, they're like scrambling for space or whatever. So I think it, it helps get into the rhythm when you have your space, right? Like you can kind of. Definitely. When, when we got this house, the lady who we bought it from um, used to cut hair. Oh. So, so she had this thing built out, you know, separate from the house. So it has its own entry. And so, it, you know, it's pretty, pretty decent sized room. Yeah. And she had running water here because she used to cut hair and wash hair. Oh. So we kind of made it like a little bathroom. So in the corner, there's a, a toilet and a, and a shower. Dude, that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. You could like, yeah, there's a lot of things you could do with that space that I'm not going to mention, but we'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the tight. unofficial man cave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Well, I, you know, I, I, I met you briefly through, uh, through big Brown dad, through Carlos. Yes. Yeah. That was a fun, that was a fun show. Yeah. 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 The, what did he call it? The, Oh gosh, there was the a 2020 a, roast. The 2020 roast. Fuck 2020 roast. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so we got we both got invited to do a, a little set on the roast. And um I thought you were hilarious. And uh, I, you know, started following you. you on IG. And um I was like, dude, this guy's fucking hilarious. Um <laughs> thank you. Dude. And 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 I was like, I gotta talk to this guy, I gotta get him on the pod or whatever. Um, and, you know, did a little bit of research and w- whatever I could do there. <laughs> yeah, I got my sleuthing, got my internet uh, creeping, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's so you're from LA, you started doing, how did you start? Did you kind of start doing stand up initially or what was the? So, you know, the, so I went to uh, high school at Dominguez. And we were the first uh, class to ever do a theater uh, production. And so my drama teacher's husband uh, is a director and he made a whole documentary on the process. And so there's a film called OTR Town and basically documents us putting on a play in Compton. We had no stage, we had no drama department. So that was the drama, the first drama class at our school. And so he did this film and he submitted to a bunch of film festivals and you know and so i would go with him to the film festivals just kind of like you know just to go watch it and see how people react and so after the film they would do q a's and so i would go up you know like i'm part of the film and so people would ask questions and i would have a funny line or whatever and i would get a i get the whole theater laughing and I was like, dude, this is, you know, kind of like stand up, I guess, because we did so many. So I had the same line over and over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. OK. And so that kind of gave me the bug. And I was like, I wonder if I could like write some jokes and go up somewhere. And so that's kind of how it started. It was from those uh, film festivals. You know, I was like, oh, let me see if I could do this. And yeah. So- yeah, that's crazy. That's a path I have never heard of anybody discovering <laughs> like comedy through the film because because I've been to a lot of film festivals. I've had some films in festivals and it's usually really serious. Like, you know, like people are asking like, oh, what did you guys shoot on or what was your inspiration? 
or tell me about your process and that sort of shit, you know? So, so yeah, so the director <laughs> would have all those questions, right? And then people would, it was, I forget what the questions were, but they were always kind of the same question. Okay. And in the, in the film, I have like funny lines. So I see. I see. And so it kind of lends itself to, for me to be funny in front yeah. of this like large audience. Because every film festival we went to, there was like a large audience. Yeah. And so the theater was packed and, you know, you feel the laughter and like, oh, this feels good, you know? Yeah. And yeah. like, I wonder if I get, if I put my mind to, can I write some jokes? And I have like, you know, the first jokes I wrote were, you know, from growing up in Compton and whatnot. And yeah. Yeah. So you were, you were like, what, a senior already or like a junior or something in high school or what were you then? That was my senior year. Yeah. So it okay. was, uh, I was, I was out the door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was the first play. And then the second year they did a play, the guy dropped out for whatever reason. And I came back and did the lead on the the play with like two weeks of rehearsal i had like lines taped up on the sets it was pretty funny um but yeah i came back the the year after i graduated to be in the play oh that's funny so you were in a high school play but you were already out of high school <laughs> the, second, yeah, the second time i was in a play it was yeah out of high school and i just kind of came back and and did you know the teacher was like scrambling because they dropped out and he couldn't you know do the play and they had Everybody had like, you know, rehearsed and they were all, they can't cancel it. Yeah. She was like, would yeah. you want to come in? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, whatever. Yeah. And so here I am trying to learn lines. It was Stand and Deliver and I played uh, Jaime Escalante. Oh, tight. <laughs> tight. <laughs> yeah, it was, I think we had two weeks, two or three weeks of rehearsals. And yeah, it was, it was crazy. That's, that's cool though, man. That's very cool. So you were acting. And, and and at that time, in you, were you like going to college or something or were you just working? What were you kind of thinking at the time? Like, what so my, my yeah. first year, I didn't start. Uh, I went to Cerritos College, but I didn't start. I took a year off okay. uh, to work and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I had time. And so the job I was doing, I was assembling furniture. Uh, I was a, uh, not a I was a not a freelance furniture assembler, but it was Ikea <laughs> furniture. Yeah, yeah. And this they would company, call you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they would call this company and this company would, you know, contract us to go assemble furniture at people's homes. Got it. So it wasn't a nine to five. It was whenever jobs were available. And so my yeah. time was flexible. And Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome that that kind of worked out. And so then, did, I mean, so what, like around what year was this? Like around what years were you in high school in Compton? And what was that so like? This, this yeah. was the two, 2000, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Got it. 2K, the 2K, the Y2K era. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow, wow. And so did you, were you born in LA in, in the Compton area or did you? Kind of yeah, so it? yeah, we, we grew, I grew up in Compton um, most of my life, yeah. Yeah, so my your parents, parents, are they, you know, they're from, obviously from El Salvador, but you know, what's, how, how long ago did your parents come? Like my parents, I mean, I'm probably older than you and my parents came in the early 70s and um you know first generation yeah i think in the 80s yeah yeah i think the 80s during the during the war this you know okay that time it was when they they came here yeah yeah i was talking to somebody yesterday who was from el salvador and he was telling me um he, his parents ended up in in canada in toronto um because at the time you know a number of countries were offering political asylum to people from el salvador and it was like, he said that his parents were basically like, you can go to Australia, you can go to Canada, you can even go to Switzerland. And he said that they had some place where they went to and they had people from the embassies. And he's like, that day, the guy from the US just didn't show up. And oh, so wow. my, par my parents were just like, all right, we'll just go to, you know, Toronto or whatever. And so he ended up growing up in fucking Toronto of all places. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's a large community in Toronto and Canada of Salvadorans. It's funny, like with, you know, with the content, you know, the, the videos and stuff, I'm getting people from all over the place. You know, yeah. I have friends from Australia, like you said, and, you know, that live there and, you know, they're I'm like, dude, I didn't even know there were Salvadorans in Australia. <laughs> yeah, well, this is why, apparently, because during that time, there were a number of countries who did offer um, asylum and, you know, people were probably just like, all right, well, what looks good or you know i don't know like he was telling me that they had literally like 
you know, overnight to make a decision. Like they were that like, so like from one day to the next, they packed up and left. And it was kind of a, a, a very specific situation because I think one of his uncles was actually, you know, politically active and they had to, you know, they had to get the fuck out sort of, sort of thing. Quickly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's I mean, funny because my, my mom's family, her sister, she came over with her sisters and they left to San Francisco, the Bay area. Okay. And so my dad wanted to stay here and, um, and so she stayed with my dad here, and but most of all of my family's in the Bay. So, oh, uh, okay. My mom's family and all of my dad's family's here. So we were they already together when they came over? Your so family? they they were kind of dating. They were you know kind of not very serious. He says, but like you know they were really good friends. <laughs> I, see. I see. And so once once they um they got here. And she was faced with the decision to move to the Bay or stay here with my dad. And that's kind of when it got serious. <laughs> I see. I see. And then and I came you, along. Then you came along. <laughs> then you got real fucking serious, bro. <laughs> you got serious quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, and I mean, I, I know there's a lot of uh, Salvadorans in, in the L.A. area. Is there a big cluster in Compton or kind of growing up in that neighborhood? Did you have a lot of community? You know what? No. And it was funny. Like, um, I grew up like, you know, I didn't, sometimes I didn't even want to tell people in Salvador because I would get, you know, bullied. And I remember this one instance, it was like junior high. These kids wanted to beat me up because I wouldn't say I was Mexican. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And so like, I was like, no, I'm not Mexican. You know, like, I was like, no, you just don't want to say you're Mexican. <laughs> so like, it became a thing. And it was funny, like, most of my friends are Mexican. My wife is Mexican. Um, so I didn't have, you know, a lot of Salvadorian friends. Yeah. And so yeah. I had one, one friend, uh, Juan, and uh, we, he ended up moving and stuff. So, you know, we, we lost touch. But, yeah, you know, yeah it, it was, it was kind of crazy. Yeah. And the joke with my friends. So my friends are Mexican. We took a road trip uh, to Mexico, like Guadalajara. We took a road trip from like Guadalajara to Guanajuato. And we stayed at everybody's, you know, town uh -huh. group of like six of us. And it was funny because when I was there, they were like, oh, this is Jose Salvadoreño. <laughs> like right <laughs> off the bat. Like, <laughs> he just wanted to make it clear. Yeah, to make it clear. This is Jose Salvadoreño. We need to settle that he's Salvadorian guys. <laughs> yeah, otherwise they'd be like hella confused once you yeah. start talking. <laughs> but, uh, that's funny. So you didn't have like a, did you have any cousins? You said your mom's family was like in LA or? Yeah, or so, I, so, so I grew up with my cousins the way uh, we lived. Um, we first lived in Southgate when I was a kid. Okay. And uh when I was in, I think it was second grade, we moved to, to Compton. Okay. Um, but we shared a house with my aunt and my uncle and my cousins. So I think at one point there was 13 of us living in one house. Yeah, damn, you are back. One dude. bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's very common though, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I grew up with my cousins, you know, yeah. so I had that, but no, I didn't have, you know, a Salvadoran friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's always weird, like kind of, I, I'm always very interested in these, the family situations when we come over as, as immigrants. I mean, I grew up in Texas, in North Texas, and there's a lot of Mexicans, a shitload of Mexicans, but um, Texans, there's a lot of Tejanos, you know, so they've been there for like generations, really. And they're kind of more identified with like this Tejano vibe as opposed to Mexican, even though they look like, you know, they're Mexican, whatever. Um, but I had a lot of friends in the neighborhood and in the schools I went to that um, that didn't even speak Spanish at home or anything, but they were Mexican. And, you know, yeah, they're, they're, they could trace, you know, grandparents that went to World War II, you know, fought for the U.S., but they're Mexican, whatever. Mexican. Yeah, they're Mexican. Yeah. So that's always a, that was a weird thing for me. And like, I didn't have, uh, my parents were the only ones who came to the U.S. from their family. I had one aunt, but it was when I was much older. So I didn't even have cousins. Um, so we ended up making like kind of family friends with the other like real like paisa people that, you know, my parents befriended at work or whatever. Um, 
So our Thanksgivings were always this kind of weird mix of like, they're not really relatives, but they kind of felt like cousins. Family friends. <laughs> yeah, family, friends, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but that's, that's like for me, we, we like I said, we grew up with my cousins and my aunt. So I'm always used to like large family. So even like now when we have, you know, COVID has been kind of crazy. But before then, it was always have large family gatherings and we're always surrounded by, you know, by that's family. Good. I think that's because, you know, just kind of growing up like that. Yeah, yeah I've always been jealous of people who have that because I didn't really have, I mean, I had like, a, like, you know, family friends, but it wasn't like a ton of cousins growing up. We had to go to Mexico. I used to go to Mexico twice a year. We, we would drive down um, at Christmas and then in the summertime to go see, you know, the cousins or whatever. So I know my cousins, but it wasn't an every weekend sort of thing. It was I a very- my, I had my cousins every day. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, like, they're like brothers and sisters though, because the way we grew up, it's like, you know, we would see each other every day. So yeah, 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 that's crazy. So as so you grew up in in Compton. You started kind of getting the bug after this film. And when did you really start kind of going out and trying like some stand up outside of you know the, the film festivals and stuff? So it took I think about a a year. So I started writing, um, and I had a bunch of jokes, but I didn't know like where to go. Mm. Right. So I would I would write stuff down. And um, I, I didn't know where to perform. And it was one time we were at a, a flea market on Melrose. I don't even know why we were there, but um, <laughs> we were at this flea market. And um, I saw a comedian that I had just seen on like, I think it was Conan. Uh -huh. um, and I recognized him. I mean, he was sitting in the one of the stands like with his friend, like, you know, you know, at the like flea market. Yeah, yeah. yeah, selling stuff. Wow. And I was like, hey, aren't you that comedian? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I just kind of started talking to him and asking him, like, where, you know, where do I start? Like, where do I go? Yeah. And he, he pointed me to the, uh, the LA Weekly. Okay. And so the back of the LA Weekly had open mics. It had, uh, you know, mm -hmm. cafes. It had all this stuff. And it was basically like poetry night places that had open mic. Right, um, right and just kind of random coffee shops that allowed you to go up on stage and do some time. Yeah. And so that's what I was doing for, for a while. Cause I didn't know where to go. Yeah. And so they would make it, they would, some places would make you buy a sandwich and a drink and then you get stage time. And some of these places had like, I kid you not, like 40, 50 people waiting to go up. Oh, you know? shit. so you would be there all night just waiting for your turn to do three minutes or whatever Wow, and they were basically selling sandwiches. They're like, "We'll sell forty sandwiches." Out yeah, there were they were just selling sandwiches. So the stage, had, there was a way of them bringing in customers. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so from there, I met uh, oh, I forgot his name. Um, this guy who was hosting. Uh, I don't know if you know about like bringer shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. So bringer shows is you know they put you up, they give you stage time, but you got to bring a certain Every amount of friends. people. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so he ran this show at the Comedy Union. And uh, so at first he's like, oh, you know, I run the show. I booked this show, he said, you know, and I was like, oh, cool. You know, and he goes, yeah, you know, I'll put you up. Just uh, bring 10 people. And I'm like, done. I got it. I know yeah. 10 people. Yeah, so yeah. I told my friends and they all came and, you know, I did stage time. And he took a liking to me because then, like, he would book me every week. Right. Yeah. And I would try to bring people, but sometimes people wouldn't show up. Yeah, of course, they're going to go every weekend. You can, you know, you'll, you don't have a hundred friends. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a hundred friends. <laughs> and so he would still put me up. And then eventually I got to host some of the nights. Nice. Uh, and then I started meeting other comedians and they had shows and, you know, and then I started meeting like all the Latino comedians. Yeah. So that became, that was a whole, you know, circuit. That was a whole bunch of guys mm -hmm. who like Felipe Esparza, you know, like ran with Fluffy and uh, Juan Garcia and, you know, Jeff Garcia and all those guys. Yeah. yeah. And so then I found out there were shows like in Paramount and in Downey. And I'm like, holy smoke, I'm over here going to like North Hollywood, going to all these <laughs> crazy places stuck in traffic. And there were shows going on locally. And so once I met all those guys, I kind of, you know, it opened up the doors to like the Laugh Factory, the Improv and all the other kind of clubs yeah so. yeah 
That's dope, man. That's dope. I mean, what was the what was the most challenging part of starting out? Was it writing or kind of getting used to being on stage? I mean, it seems like you're pretty much a natural at being in front of people. But I mean, what was the most challenging for you? I think, you know, it's funny that doing the bringer shows, because my friends would show up every week, I had to have new material every week. Ah. So I didn't even know that, you know, comedians would do the same set until I started doing shows and like, hey, you did that joke last week. <laughs> And they were like, yeah, <laughs> it works. <laughs> it works. And I was like, oh, I'm over here writing material every week, like new material. <laughs> and so it kind of helped me to kind of, you know, keep fresh and write. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that kind of that kind of helped. Um, I think the hardest part was just kind of finding people to, to go see your show and stuff and, you know, finding stage time and, you know. It was a lot of hanging out too. Like somebody would say, oh, so-and-so runs a show. You should go check it out. Yeah. So I would go check it out, right? Not have any stage time, but just go meet the guy running the show. And mm -hmm. hopefully mm -hmm. next week he would book me. And, you know, that was challenging. Yeah. But I think the, the stage stuff, I never got nervous. I always got anxious. Like I wanted to get on stage. Like, yeah, okay. do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you have any like particularly bad nights that you can remember or anything? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had a few bad nights. I remember <laughs> one night it, we were doing the bowling alley in Downey, and I just had a brain fart and I I didn't remember any jokes. I was like, dude, where am I going with this? And I was like, and I started talking about my name and <laughs> it was just bad. <laughs> the other one was too the. So Benny Mena is another uh, comedian. He booked me for the Laugh Factory. And this was early on. He goes, how much time do you have? And I go, uh -huh. he goes can you do 20 minutes? Oh, and I'm like, 20 minutes, done. I was like, <laughs> I'm there. And so I was all excited, right? And he, uh, he booked me at the Laugh Factory on one of like the, the popular nights. Oh, I'm like, dude, let's do this. Yeah. So I get on stage and I'm running through my jokes, killing it. And the people are laughing, right? And then I hit the, you know, I hit the peak that I thought like, oh, this is, this is it. I'm killing it. And yeah. I just ended. And it was like 12 minutes in. <laughs> so he uh, was like, I still had, you know, eight more minutes to go. Yeah. And so like, that's my time. My name is Jose. I'm out. And then he's like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you gotta, you still have eight minutes. And I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I yeah I'm out <laughs> I'm out of jokes <laughs> and so I didn't have like I just couldn't remember no more jokes that was it I had 12 minutes wow so I just kind of went from like a high note to like uh all right I'm I'm, I'm out <laughs> you fucked up oh yeah. shit. <laughs> now now when you were doing your comedy back then was it I mean was it centered around you know, uh, how much of it was centered around the Salvadoran experience and your identity? And and were you doing anything in Spanish or was it all English or what was the, what so, were your, yeah. So it was, it was a mix. And so the, the Salvadorian bit I developed kind of early on. Okay. Um, when I started doing the, the Latino rooms, because when I was doing the other rooms, there was, you know, it was a mix of crowd and it wasn't, there was no Latinos in the, in the audience. Yeah. So I felt like, you know, oh, they, you know, they don't relate. And yeah. uh, but once I started doing the Latino rooms and I could throw in Spanish words and they, they would get it. Yeah. I was like, oh, dude, there's, you know, there's more opportunities to do Spanish stuff. Yeah. And so I started kind of doing the, the Salvadorian bit, even, you know, kind of adding on to it, you know, started with like one joke or two jokes and then it kind of became a whole bit. Yeah. And so I developed that in like the Latino rooms and, you know. What were, some of those, what were some of those early bits you did about being Salvadoran, if, if you don't mind me asking? Like, you, like, So one of the things, so it was, whenever I would say I'm Salvadoran, right, people would say, Cerote, Cerote, from the background. That was like <laughs> every time I did a Latino room and I would say I'm Salvadoran, yeah, you yeah. hear the one guy going, Cerote, Cerote. <laughs> and so I was like, dude, I need a comeback to, and I'm like, no, it's not Cerotes, it's Cerotres like zero three because yeah. you got to jump through three borders to get here you know? <laughs> and then so then the the thing was you say it in spanish right no somos cerotes somos cero tres but if you speak spanish it's you know yeah. zero three so i said when i said the third it sounded like turd so then the <laughs> english version came you know we're not you know turds we're the third to get here 
Yeah. That's how it kind of, you know, it went from English, the Spanish to translating it to English. Yeah. Kind of worked. Nice. And so eventually I could do those bits in any room and just kind of break it down to, you know, Cerote means turd. And we're not turds, we're the third to get here. (laughs) Nice. Nice. I mean, how, how much were you thinking back then in terms of like, um your style and the sort of comedy you wanted to do was there anyone like that you were trying to like like who was your comedy god for you like somebody that you aspired to be um you know you know not that i i I listened to a lot of comedy when i started you know writing and stuff and i figured okay look you know how do jokes work and all that stuff i've started watching everybody from you know eddie murphy to um bill cosby and you know all all those guys. So it was, it was a lot of black comedians. Yeah. Uh, Bernie Mac, you know, okay. yeah. uh, Richard Pryor, obviously, um, yeah. you know, and all those guys. And it was funny because when I started doing um, the comedy union, the Bringer shows, okay. Bringer show was the early show, yeah. and because I was already in the in the club, the late show was the Black Night. So I saw a bunch of comedians, you know, you know, now famous comedians come through, you know, doing the black show. And so I would see these guys live. And those were kind of my first, you know, real comedians that I had, you know, my exposure to. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, obviously like George, even like George Lopez and all those guys, that's, you know, uh, what's it, Pablo Francisco, Carlos Mencia, all those guys. Yeah. So were there any, or there any kind of working? I don't know. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't know, but I, I maybe should have done some research. Are there any like famous Salvadoran standups? Is it, or even Salvadoran American? Or no. So I, uh, um, Carlos Mencia, he's probably the closest we have. Is he's, uh, I think, um, he's Nicaraguense from. Okay. Or, yeah. Uh, but he he would say he was Mexican on stage. Right. And so. That guy was like confusing on many levels, and yeah. obviously, <laughs> you know what I think it is. He's from the generation that came in, you know, in the '80s, right? And so in that time, there was, like I said, a lot, of, a lot of bullying for for Salvadorians and Central Americans. Yeah, and, you know, you would get this these groups like, oh, you don't say you're Salvadorian because you know you might get beat up or you're, you know, it might, you know, yeah. say stump something. So I think I, for me, I think that's what kind of motivated him to not even bring it up. Yeah. Cause he, I, I would imagine he's from that era and, and, you know, but I don't know his, his logic or thinking, but for me yeah. <laughs> early on, yeah. that's, you know. Now that makes sense. I mean, a, a lot of people like even from before him, you know, it was like, you know, they were told not to even speak Spanish, right. To, yeah. yeah. And this is not even just in comedy, but just in, in, in everyday life. Like it was like, you would try to hide all this stuff. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's like a gradual kind of, you know, shift towards accepting and celebrating like wherever you're from. And I think we're, you know, obviously we're, there's still a lot of problems with, with bullying and, and kind of like what I think about is kind of these na- nationalistic attitudes, like, you know, Mexico is the best or whatever. Yeah, it's funny, like doing this content, right. And I think we're in a, in a time now where, you know, people are proud to be, you know, Salvadorian or Central American. Yeah. You know, it's a different time now, but I still every now and then we'll get these, you know, these haters coming. Oh, I hate the way you talk. <laughs> the, the vomit emoji or, you know, like I hate everything you stand for and stuff like that. You wouldn't believe it. It's crazy. <laughs> like here I am. It's So if you look through my messages, I get like these messages going, people dude, I really love your content. I love that you're putting our culture out there. Right. Yeah. And then the next one is, dude, I fucking hate you. <laughs> like i wish you would just go away and i'm like just block me dude you don't you don't have to just unfollow me you don't even need to block just unfollow me (laughs) it's so crazy every now and then i get like these dumb you know dumb people commenting yeah recently i had one guy commenting on every video whoa and i'm like why are you even watching it if you hate it so much yeah I think yeah. some, of it, some of it too is, is is people just trying to start drama, uh, yeah. on the yeah. on the socials, but whatever. Yeah. So how how I mean how much stand up are you still doing? Are you still doing a lot of live shows or what's? No, well, no. Now even with COVID, you know, haven't done 
right we did, we did one show during during covid that was kind of crazy um but no we haven't done m- many shows for but before before covid hit you were still kind of actively doing uh shows and, and going out every yeah every now and then we would do shows i wasn't producing shows we were producing the the backyard shows but way before covid um those backyard shows kind of you know became a thing and they kind of we we outgrew my mom my mom's backyard <laughs> we would i would produce a whole show in my mom's backyard and we would sell pupusas so it was pupusas and comedy i would sell tickets for for 10 bucks a pop yeah and we would have 100 to 150 chairs and wow. so it it started with like 50 people and then like 75 people and then 100 people and i think the biggest show we had was 150 people in a backyard wow <laughs> yeah and uh it, it was it was crazy and um that's yeah, amazing God. that's amazing i had not i didn't know about that that just you need to fucking do that again and invite me <laughs> like this just so, sounds- that's that's what we're trying to work on right now is um yeah trying to do like a, a pupusa comedy tour yeah and now that everything's kind of opening up and book an mm-hmm. event where you know we can go do comedy and have pupusa vendors there and uh, and do that and that's what i'm working on right now it's just kind of been tough getting people convincing people that we're okay to to do events yeah. now yeah yeah i can imagine yeah but no that's a, that's just an amazing concept i mean it's it's just such a cool way to bring in like so many aspects of the cultures and to also empower other you know like vendors or you know people like your mom who who, who can who can benefit from it um that that is a lot. And who, when you were doing those backyard shows, was it just you, or was it other comedians? Were they other Salvadorans, or were you mixing it up? Or no. So I was. I think there's like two other Salvadoran comedians, um, but no, it was it was different comedians who would come in. Um, and once they kind of got, you know, the word got out, because it was a whole production. I mean, I had theater lights. I had sometimes I we'll have a DJ. Sometimes we'll have a live band. It was it Damn. was legit, and so. When comedians kind of got word, like, dude, you got you got to do the show. Comedians were hitting me up, like, hey, when are you booking the backyard? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. It's just kind of whenever we we get a chance. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah one of the, the last ones we did, we had Felipe Esparza had just one last comic standing that night. They had just taped, and then we were doing the backyard show that night. I think that was one of the last ones we did. Holy shit, that's tight. That is it, was, pretty it, was, it, was, it was a lot of comedians that you know from all over the place and that was in your your mom's place is in compton or where, where is her place so, no, her place now is in linwood so they, they okay. have a house in linwood got it a huge backyard and we had the space for it oh man that's awesome that's awesome. what do your parents think about this like when, you know your comedy and stuff have they always been supportive or yeah, you know what? My parents are they're super cool and they've been supportive. Even like when I was doing plays in, in high school. Yeah. Uh, they've always, you know, allowed me to to do whatever, <laughs> whatever I wanted. And they're always there to support. Even like the, the backyard comedy. It was a lot of work. My mom would do the pupusas. My dad would, would be there. And it was a whole family thing. And yeah. so they've always been super supportive of whatever crazy idea I have. <laughs> No, I mean, they, they seem... Even with the videos. <laughs> I was about to say, they seem dope as hell. They seem super chill on your videos and stuff. And, like, I really enjoy the, their presence there. I mean, speaking of that, like, when did you start actively making a lot of content online? And what platform was the initial one you kind of started growing on? Because I know it seems like right now you're pretty big on TikTok and Instagram. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so during, during COVID is when TikTok kind of took off. Okay. And I've been doing videos. We were... we So back i forgot what year it is but martin rizzo is another comedian and content creator yeah and, um we were, were doing, doing videos what's that were you doing like on vine or vine yeah or? we were doing vine and he was he was doing a lot of stuff on youtube okay and so if you looked at his channel i'm on we're on a bunch of videos on his youtube yeah but uh we would do videos and skits at one point we were working somebody had hired us to do an after school program and it was him and i with a bunch of students basically doing improv, uh, you know, uh, class and we would do skits and we would film stuff. And so it was a crazy time. Like 
people were paying us to have fun and it was it was pretty crazy um but i didn't start actively doing content till you know and posting i was doing on instagram but it wasn't getting a lot of attention mm -hmm. until reels came on and TikTok. Mm. um but i've been doing video editing and you know uh, videos since high school got it so I'm, it's it's a hobby that I've had. I you know, I, even my home videos I edit and try to you know do stuff like that. So I've always been doing videos at some at some level, but this uh, TikTok really kind of pushed it. Okay. To, to, and did did that start with kind of COVID? Kind of. I mean, I guess TikTok is about a year and a half old, kind of in terms of really. Yeah, and that all started with yeah with with COVID, and I had I was on Vine, but then that went away. Um, I didn't have as many followers on Vine as, you know, as on TikTok, but when TikTok came around, I was like, what is this app? You know, and it was kind of like, let me try to figure it out. And I have some background in digital marketing. Okay. Um, and so when it clicked on me, I was like, oh, dude, this is kind of, you know, the way they, they, um, they put it out to people. It's the for you page is literally for you. Mm. Right. So your for you page is different from my for you page and, you know, and such and such. So when I figured out, you know, how the kind of the algorithm works, I'm like, oh, dude, you know, you just kind of have to find your audience. So what audience are you looking for? And then that's when I kind of started doing, I started, at first I started doing um, like home repair videos. What? <laughs> yeah. Like I was just trying to like uh, so my solar, cleaning my solar panels and just kind of making it funny, um, you know, fixing my dishwasher and making it funny. Uh -huh. uh, and th those kind of took off. And I was, and then once I saw that, you know, they were kind of taking off, I'm like, I wonder if we can point the camera to like a small business mm. and see what would happen if uh, we, you know, did videos on a small business. And so then I started featuring culture and I did like La Vela Creations and like um, uh, Viva Los Cupcakes mm. and those stuff. And those videos blew up mm. and I was like, oh, okay, there's something here. Like, you know, so yeah. then I started kind of targeting the content to the audience that I kind of figured like would it, it enjoy it. Yeah. Like the Latino and Salvadorians and, you know. Yeah. So I kind yeah. of tailored it to, to grab a certain audience. And I figured, well, that's my audience. That's the, the people who love my comedy when I was doing the comedy show. So like, let me see if I can create content to get that audience. And that's really how it came about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, if, if you guys have, are not following uh, Jose, like, I, or then you know a little he does like culture there's certain words you do right you'll highlight a, a like a special salvadoran word the way it's pronounced i mean it's a spanish word but right so so yeah. the, i break it down to from culture comedy and food those are my three categories right okay if it fits in culture or if it's in comedy or if it's in food and those okay. are my three kind of niche categories um the salvadoran words came about because i was doing you know, I was I did the Salvi shopping series, which oh was, those are great. I think I mean see the, you're saying like culture, comedy, and food, but they they all kind of blend together. I mean, yeah, there's obviously the, there's obviously the food ones that are very specific. I think, but everything is comedy. Yeah, right? yeah. I try to squeeze in comedy and wherever I can. <laughs> and it, you know, I think like even if you're not trying, it's fucking funny. Like. You know, like it just, your style is funny or whatever, but maybe explain the store. How did the first store one come about? Like, yeah. So the, the first, first one was a CVS video I did. Um, I was at CVS and it was CVS Imas. <laughs> and so I was like, what the hell is the Imas part, right? Yeah. So, and it was funny because I was with my wife. We were getting, I think, Starbucks and I go, stop at the Imas. I'm just going to run in there and see what the hell Imas is. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot it. <laughs> so it was in in English, yeah. And so I just found like uh, vitacilina, uh, hojas para tamales, mm -hmm. uh, uh, spices, right? Like Mexican spices, yeah, yeah. Uh, fabuloso, yeah. And so I just kind of put it together, and then uh, I did the voiceover, and it blew up. And I, I forget how many views it got, and I'm like, oh, that's you know, that's funny. And I, I was like, I wonder if I could do one in Spanish. Mm. And then um, I was at Ikea and it was, um, there was a long line because during COVID, like to get to Ikea, they were only letting a few people in. Okay. okay. And so I had the idea to do something in Spanish 
And I was in line and I hear like this, uh, like the Salvadorian couple kind of arguing. <laughs> and I was thinking of my dad, like if my dad was here, he'd be complaining the whole time, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm just thinking of my dad complaining about stuff. And so I'm walking around, you know, Ikea, you have to start at the very top and work your way down, right? Yeah, it's like a fucking Disney ride or something. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm walking and I'm in my head. There's comedy going on in my head, right? And I'm like, oh, that's funny. That's what my dad was saying. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start recording. And then, you know, when I get home, I'll just kind of voice over what, what I think my dad would say. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. And so I did, that was the very first one. And I recorded it. I put it together. I showed it to my wife. And I go, what do you think? And she goes, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you don't think it's funny? She's like, yeah, it's all right. And I'm like, I'm just going to post it. And it got like, I think, 600,000 views. Holy shit. And I'm like, oh, dude, there's something there. And I go, you know what? I'm just going to do another one and yeah. see what, you know, what funny things I can find. Uh, so I just did the series uh, Salvi Sunday. And I would post them every Sunday. And it was because during COVID, the only time I would go out was on the weekend to go buy something. Yeah. So like, it's perfect because I'm out there shopping already. Yeah, so I just look around and see, oh, what's funny, and yeah. record it, and that's how the Salvi Sunday came about. Yeah, because no, that was, that was the only time I could go out. <laughs> you you actually took like you, you you were running errands, and you're like, I have to make content because that, yeah, that's that's what I was doing. I was running errands and shooting content at the same time. And are you just shooting all this on your phone, just kind of like whatever, like or? Yeah, so yeah, it's on my iPhone, and so okay, that's I try, amazing. I try to use you know, the HD and try to get good mm -hmm. quality. Cause so TikTok and Reels want like the sharp quality. So I try to shoot it with, you know, where it doesn't look too grainy or too blurry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, okay. So you go, you just kind of shoot it, you bring it back home, you do the edit and then you do the, the dubbing, the voiceover. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll write it out. I'll write the script out of what I think is funny. Yeah. And then I'll start, you know, whittling it down to, to be as tight as possible. Cause you don't want it too long. You don't want too many empty spaces, especially for like short form content. Yeah. People tend to, you know, doze off. Yeah. So I try to make it as quick as possible. And so I'm like, I'll write it out. I was like, okay, this is funny. This is funny. I like this. And then I'll, I'll voice it over and, and do it a couple of times till I, I feel it's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, the great thing about it that I liked is that like, or that I really dig about it is that, I mean, yes, it's kind of specific to, you know, your dad's voice and the kind of Salvadoran phrases and whatnot. But I'm listening to it and I'm like, this is my dad too. It's like you said, it's basically like a grumpy dad. At this it, it, that's exactly what it is. Right? And that whole idea when it came about, it was like, what would my dad be saying here? Like why, my, I could hear my dad in my ear, you know, just yeah. talking the whole time. Talking shit, you know? Yeah, exactly, talking <laughs> shit the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> talking shit about the store the people at the store the shit at the store it's too expensive it's crap da, 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 da. i really liked how you how he often like when he sees something ugly he always talks about uh his what is it his mother-in-law or the his sister or... so, he, so that joke is a running joke that's a that's my dad 100 percent. Okay. so <laughs> we ever so my mom's family's in san francisco right okay so every summer we would go to the bay Okay. And so if you take the five, there's a there's a bunch of cows, right? Yep, yep. At one point. Yeah. And so every it was every year we would go every time we drive, my dad would be like, Mira, tus tías que haciendo ahí. <laughs> and so it was like clockwork, right? We knew the cows were there. My dad was like, Mira, mira tus tía, mira. And so that that was like that's totally my dad, one hundred percent. And so when I saw the Mona Lisa. At the IKEA, <laughs> right? So it was like, and so I was like, oh, I gotta have it. Like, I gotta find the tia at every place. <laughs> right, right. Oh god, that's so good. Yeah, that one fucking makes me laugh every time. And I mean, it's funny as hell. Like, again, like, I think like you're 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 striking a nerve because like you've made it specific to yourself and your culture and your family, but but everything is also very relatable. Um, regardless of what culture you know you grew up in i think people see it and like it just it sounds funny and it's just relatable regardless because it's people talking shit and just being human or whatever um 
But yeah, those are funny. And okay, so th- I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say so the 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 Theo character. I had um I have an app that changes your face. <laughs> okay. Right? And I thought it'd be funny, like oh, me and the Theo going back and forth. So I would I could bring him to life, essentially. Mm. Right. Because I didn't want to call him my dad, even though we, you know, look alike. But I wanted to be I wanted him to be relatable to everybody. Like you have an uncle that reminds you of him. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I started using this filter as an old man filter and going back and forth with myself. Uh But the filter is so good that people (laughs) thought it was an actual person. Holy shit. (laughs) And so then people were like, oh, dude, I thought you were doing the voiceover. I didn't know it was your uncle. <laughs> and so it became like people yeah. thought that you actually this, had this uncle. They yeah, this, had... That, that this is a real person. <laughs> wow. That is fucking hella trippy, actually. Is it like a TikTok filter or IG? What, no, what no it's, an, it's an app that you, okay. you basically, it, it changes and you can look younger, you can look older. Okay. Um, it's like those deep fakes. And yeah. so <laughs> it looks legit. People are confused, and I'm like, I I don't even correct them. I was like, oh yeah, that's my uncle, <laughs> you know, or like, oh Holy yeah. Got to get like a social security number for that guy, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, uh, what about the food content? Like, how did that start out? Because that's really dope too. And like, I like what you do where you take your dad and kind of like the the Roger Ebert of Salvadoran food, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so during COVID, obviously, we weren't going out to eat. And um, when I was doing the Have You Heard, like the cupcakes and La Vela, people wanted, you know, people were asking me, like, oh, how much do you charge to to do a video? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, so most of it, I don't charge for these videos. Yeah. And the reason I don't charge is I don't want to be, you know, hooked and like, oh, I have to do this video. Yeah. I want to do the content that I want to do and just kind of, you know, what works yeah um so people were hitting me up and then places like vichos were like hey you know how, how can we get featured and then um it was during covid and i go you know what right now it's kind of a weird time i go but let me get vaccinated and stuff once that goes through and, and see what we can do and so they were really the first ones and then um i reached out to la pupusa and say hey i have this idea where you know where i kind of want to do some food videos like mm-hmm. a food tour yeah. kind of showcase you know you guys and they're like yeah we're totally up for it let's do it and so i was i was originally gonna call it the pupusa tour yeah and just kind of highlight different pupusas but then i found like loroco pizza and oh, I found yeah. other places yeah, and i was yeah, like yeah. no I want, i'm gonna call it the food tour and just kind of leave it open to leave it broad yeah yeah and to whatever we find and yeah. so that just came about like, okay let me let me see what we can do with a, a small business and see if we can drive some traffic to to these places especially restaurants like right now yeah really hurting yeah yeah and so a lot of these food bloggers you know these foodies will charge crazy amounts of money to go out and feature your food mm. and so i kind of flipped the script like you know what i'm not going to charge you but you know i'll make a video and i'll try to make it funny but i'll i'll do what i do you know, give me kind of liberties to do whatever, you know, whatever right, it is, right. you know. And so these people were up for it and they said, yeah, come, come on by, let's, let's do it. And that's so that's dope, man. No, I really do those too. And, and did you have to convince your parents or did you just say, hey, we're going to go eat for free or <laughs> how did you roll? So yeah, it was funny because so I think the, <laughs> the first, first one was walking Spanish. The guy has a, he's a, a pop-up vendor and, um, I think I was mm-hmm. dropping off something at my mom's house before I was heading there. And then uh, my dad no. was there. And I go, hey, what are you doing? And he goes, nothing. I go, okay, come on, let's go. He goes, where are we going? I'm, I'm going to go film a video. And so he didn't even know what I was doing. <laughs> and so he didn't know where we were going. Oh, and uh, once we got there, I showed him and I told him, hey, he, you know, this is what he does. Um, and he goes, oh, okay. So then we kind of said, you know, I showed him first. He tried it. He really liked it. I'm like, okay, well, now I'm going to put, you know, now you're in the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so yeah. that's how kind of how it came about. Wow. Wow. I just, I just pulled them along. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask questions. I just said, come with me. <laughs> you didn't ask permission. <laughs> no, but you know, it's funny because 
he's like my dad is like the the hardest Salvadoran food critic. Like mm. because they make it right. They my mom makes yeah. she makes all this stuff. So yeah. they hardly ever go out to a Salvadoran restaurant because they're like, oh well, they don't wow. make it like we make it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole the whole pupusa uh uh tour idea came about because like I wanted to find a place that had pupusas that were close to my mom's. Mm. And so that was the initial idea. It's like I want to go try different pupusas to see if anything comes close to, you know, to mom's. Cause you know, with even like your mom's cooking is your mom's cooking, right? Oh yeah, you can't beat it. Yeah. You can't beat it. Yeah. The question was, is there a place close enough that could be mom's food? Yeah. And so that's kind of how the idea came about to go to different food places. Yeah. Try to go check these out. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's so far, we, you know, we've been trying different ones. And what's that you're cooking is probably the closest one to my mom's cooking. And okay. so the is video. Is that the one where, where your dad was trying to guess which one was which? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That was that that day. It was it was so much fun because you know, like from their casamiento to the platanos frito, everything is is similar to my mom's. And so watching my mom with this, you know, with Edder, he's a mm -hmm. pupusero, yeah, talking shop. Like I wish I would have got all that. Like wow. yeah, so like these two people, these are the only two people that know. You know, like she was teaching him technique on like how to maneuver from from griddle to station right like, <laughs> like these are two mechanics talking shop like it was so funny to watch like it, you know it was that's dope crazy. bro that's dope wait so has your does your mom operate like a restaurant or does she make pupusas to sell regularly or no no so nope. my, my mom's pupusas got famous just from the comedy shows but she doesn't right. sell okay. pupusas she doesn't do yeah. events. She doesn't. She doesn't take orders. She just does them yeah. whenever she does. Um, yeah. The only time she saw <laughs> them was at the the comedy the shows. Comedy shows. Wow, that's fucking sick, dude. That's pretty dope, though. That's really cool. How you're? It's kind of like kind of just all coming together, right? Like just through being like authentic. It's 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 pretty cool. It's cool hearing this story. Um, I, I noticed that you're also starting to bring in some other creators and partner with other you know salvadoran um comedians and content creator nelson chavez uh ingrid yeah, yeah. Yeah, nelson's hilarious dude that guy cracks me up too like he's really good how did you find those guys in particular so uh nelson and i have been messaging quite a while and he's kind of been like hey let's do something but my schedule is kind of crazy too like you know to sit down and you know do something like this even mm -hmm. um and i go yeah let's you know let's try to figure something out and then when uh, when uh, Instagram had that th the new feature where you can kind of have four people on the mm -hmm. on the live, yeah, um, I go, hey, why don't we do that and bring you on to you know my audience and kind of introduce you so kind of people you know can kind of know who you are. Yeah. And Ingrid, I've been following on TikTok, and we you know, and I met her through through TikTok. I haven't physically met her, but you know, just kind of yeah. messaging back and forth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I go, and he knows her too. Where, so where are they? Like geographically, where are they? Nelson's all over the place. He he travels all over the country because of his job. And okay. Ingrid is in Chicago. Okay. Okay. Um, Nelson is he's fascinating because he lived in in France. He knows French. He speaks French. I think I saw that. I I started following him, and he, yeah, I think he like was was he to do like a study abroad or something like that, or or did was he working there? What the fuck was he doing over there? His job. I don't know exactly. Um, what he does but his job he he goes all over the country so interesting um, interesting so yeah so that came about through that because the idea with the new feature i was like you know what i wonder if i could bring i want to do i want to interview people mm -hmm. and bring them on to my audience and see you know if we can do something where we kind of do a live and so we did that live and it was about an hour um but i had kind of planned it out so like we because on reels, they save the video. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, let me try to see if I can squeeze some segments in and then mm -hmm. use those as short form content, you know, to, to share on Instagram. And that's the whole idea yeah. with, 
with that one. But my schedule has been crazy. I haven't been able to book another one with different people. Yeah. What I've been doing now is just hopping on people's lives <laughs> and interviewing them randomly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's cool. Well, what what do you what do you what do, what are you thinking right now? Like what is your ultimate goal like as a creator or as a comedian? What are you kind of working towards big picture right now? Or are you just kind of put yourself uh, out there? What what do you want to do? You know? uh, ultimately I, I would want to do the like I said, the comedy and pupusa tour and develop that. And yeah. and try to film our whole process of mm-hmm. you know putting shows together and doing that and, and doing some doing YouTube content on on the different comedians you know putting on different shows at different places yeah and so I I'd see that's where the next kind of form of content to grow the YouTube channel because people are adding me on YouTube but I'm not actively producing content for YouTube yeah YouTube yeah. is a whole different you know. Yeah, no, we we uh, I, I don't have time to tell you the the Smadre story or whatever, but you know we did a lot of content on YouTube over the years. We were working, uh, my cousin and I. He used to we used to do a lot of stuff together on this Madre, and then we worked with Chingo, uh, Chingo Bling, and did like a whole web series. We did a Kickstarter. You know, I probably have like hundreds of hours worth of content on on YouTube alone. And, you know, we, had, we don't have a ton of subs. We had like 20,000 subs, you know, but we had some very hardcore fans. Like we did a, like a weekly news show for like one year. We did one episode every single year. That was like almost 10 minutes long, kind of like a daily show sort of thing mm-hmm. with my cousin being the host. And I was like the writer director. And, and, and anyway, it's a beast, man. It's, it's a beast. And I think like one of the challenges is obviously like finding the time you know, to do it and to, to be consistent because I, as you probably know, like the key is like consistency, dropping something every week or whatever, you know, schedule you can follow. I mean, to that end, like, how do you balance your time? I know you have kids like married, like. Do, do I have kids? I have a, a whole a business. It, it, I don't even know how I manage to squeeze in things sometimes. Um, but yeah, it, for me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a late person. So I stay up really late. Um, so a lot of times I'll film the content and then I'll edit it at night mm-hmm. and then I'll figure out once I figure out the voiceover or, you know, the script, then I'll write it out and then record that whenever wherever I have a chance. Yeah. So yeah. it's for me, it's uh, one a week, right? If I can pull off one a week, that's my, yeah, that's my goal. Sometimes I'll put more, sometimes I'll put less, you know, if I find something or if I have a chance to make something else. Um, but my, my, uh, structure is one a week. If I can get to one a week, then I'm good. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a, that's manageable. And that's, that keeps the audience engaged, I think enough. And, and also kind of leaves them wanting more because there's also a fine balance where if like some people just put so much shit out you're like, yeah, I can't say this the way, you know, it's like I'm tired of your ass. Like, <laughs> well, that's the thing on TikTok is if you want to grow your followers, you got to be posting you know three times a day i see people posting five times a day jesus christ but the way tiktok works is every video goes out to a whole new audience so not just your Uh, followers it goes out to a whole new people so you could be producing content but it's like i want to produce quality stuff and to do that you know that takes time to edit to do the voiceover to write and you know and do all that stuff um, yeah. So yeah, it, it just for me one a week is 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 a lot of work already. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it, it's I think it it seems to be paying off, man. I mean, you have like fifty thousand IG followers, like over one hundred twenty five thousand TikTok followers. So it's been it's been pretty crazy, and TikTok's been really. I, I don't know how they they like me. I don't know not just <laughs> like, like TikTok the company like they've been helping me out like you know they put me on the uh, latinx creator mm-hmm. and so they feature me in their their latinx community um they invited me to like this event to mingle with other latino comedians or latino creators yeah. and so yeah. they're always inviting me to you know, do this webinar we're gonna you know we're, we're gonna send you a care package i'm like do you want me to keep producing content is that what it is <laughs> that's great man that's really great i'm 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 excited to to keep up with you and to see this shit grow and um yeah man i won't take any more of your time because we're hitting an hour here but 
Um, where, where should people follow you? I mean, I, I, obviously we're going to put the links here or whatever, but where's the best places, I guess, you know, Instagram, YouTube, it's what, what are the handles? Yeah. Who's a, so H double O Z a Y. Uh, the website is who's a TV, who's a dot TV. So Got it. yeah. So wherever your social is, who's a, and I'm probably there. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. H double O Z a Y. Tight. Tight. Well, thanks for taking the time today. Jose. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I, Thank I'm you, looking forward you. to the Pupusa tour. Uh, yes, coming soon. If we if we can manage all the 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 food venues and everything else. Yeah, yeah. If you end up coming to the, I'm in the Bay Area. I'm up in in outside of San Jose, like Santa Cruz area. Um, oh, okay. so I'm up here. Uh, if you ever come up to see your tias las las vacas, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll hit you up. We're definitely. Yeah, yeah, look me up, man. I, I'll go meet up with you guys, or or if you ever need a place to crash or whatever, at mi casa su casa, dude. You know, we're up here, um, and I'd love to meet you in person. It'd be fun to hang out. So, um, we'll, we'll we'll book a food uh, a food tour with you <laughs> up in the right, yeah. That sounds good, man. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for joining. Thank uh, you. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Uh, everybody, thank you much for thank you so much for listening to uh, this this week's episode. Remember to. Uh, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Leave a leave a, a, a friendly word down there. Tell your friends about the podcast and appreciate you listening. Thanks, Jose. Appreciate Share, it. like, and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, that too. I'm awful with the all that kind of part of this or whatever. Just, just terrible at it. But uh, anyway, thanks, man. Have a good good night. <laughs> Thank you.